deadly pace It came from outer space And this is how the message ran Status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Sci-fi Saturday Welcome, welcome, night. welcome everybody to the October 30th, 2010 edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51, carving gray little pumpkin heads to scare the trick-or-trouters from various water worlds, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight and joining me in Area 51, our technical wizard and Amy Pondette, Kriana. Hello. And resident Grandma Mortician, the Zombrarian. Hiya. Not joining us tonight from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manqueester, New Hampshire, having their All Hallows' Eve ever semi-voluntary organ transplant hullabaloo and blood-drinking extravaganza, Illustrator X and his reanimated Princess of the Damned, the dead redhead, in... <laughs> but with us tonight from Outpost Gallifrey in Indiana, our Midwest crop circle investigator, part-time RPGer, and the man who tonight is dressed up like Santa Claus simply to confuse the rest of the universe, Awake by Java. I'm, I'm just, just a, a sweet... sweet... Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would have almost worked. Our guest in the second half of tonight's show is C.J. Henderson, author, illustrator, all-around raconteur, and... Uh, that guy. That guy. And we'll be talking to that guy in our uh, third segment at the half-hour break. Meanwhile, it's the night before Halloween. We half into Saturday night. Evidently we did. <laughs> <laughs> to start off tonight... I, I know! I want to bring up some stuff that's going on at our beautiful sci-fi network. Beautiful? Well, our deliriously kind of odd sci-fi network. Mansquito too. No, actually there were so many Drink. unanswered questions. Caprica got pulled. Boo. After three episodes. Boo. Not only did it get pulled. Boo. But they're not even going to air the rest of the episodes that they've shot. Double boo. boo. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Doug Jones, for agreeing with me. I know. It's kind of interesting that they just kind of went and yanked it after giving it the build-up that they gave it. I know. We do, we do. Proving once again that it's very difficult when you drink and soundboard.
Java, help me out here. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really don't have much of an opinion about Caprica, um, as I've never watched it. That was going to be one of my DVD experiences. Now and it'll be a very short DVD experience. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, but it is interesting that that something that got that much weight put behind it. I mean, in the shows that I do watch on Sci-Fi. Every single time that they wanted to, you know, that, that another show was on, there was some kind of interstitial or, or little pop-up on the bottom advertising Caprica. And for the amount of time that they spent on that series, it seems like they're giving up pretty quickly. I mean, Battlestar Galactica never didn't get nearly the kind of uh, marketing effort that Caprica did. And, you know, it, it was slow in the, in the first few seasons for Battlestar Galactica. Well, actually, actually, it was fairly fairly strong in the first season, and then kind of tapered off, and didn't come back until the very ending, to get the same kind of numbers that it got at that first point. But it, why? Because nobody cared about the middle stuff. Well, what's even worse is that they're in the pre-production stages of Young Adama now. Why? So I mean, they're <laughs> on they're on the third uh, Battlestar Galactica series in the planning stages and they just cut the legs out from Caprica it sounds to me like you know this is like Paramount yeah <laughs> so let's make the most of our time together shall we <laughs> because it's going to be fleeting so the other thing that Sci-Fi Network did this week um, you ever watched uh, Ghost Hunters now, I know our friend Scooter has. I, know, I, I think he's a fan of the show. I know they do good work. It's one of his favorite shows. <laughs> I know it for a fact. We're going to get phone And I know that any minute now, minute. I'm going to get a phone call from him. <laughs> Tomorrow on Halloween Day. My big babies. <laughs> <laughs> you make our dreams come true. All right, all I'm right. taking one of the soundboards they're and going the beer. To, they're <laughs> going to have a six-hour Ghost Hunters live event from okay. the Buffalo Central Terminal in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> well, because you know. How did your brain even learn human speech? I feel so curious. <laughs> but in, or, in order to actually really play along with the Ghost Hunters, those of you with iPhones... Or, or iPods, can get the new Ghost Hunter app. There's an app for that. There's an app now for Ghost Hunting. Shiny. Must be bad guys. You know, there, a while ago, there was a, a game that was kind of teased um, for the Nintendo DS. The premise of which was that um, you would hold up your DS's camera and using... Uh, using you know, basically overlay, they would put ghosts into the room and you'd have to, you know, capture them or whatever, you know, ghost swept or wannabe thing. But I, I think this is silly. I, I think it brings silly to a whole new level. I know! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it, it's one thing when you're dealing with like the Ghostbusters at, at, at a Comic-Con and they're, they're, they're pretty cool. Not taking themselves all that seriously. And, they're good. We like them. And we like them and all that. They let us dress up and hold their guns. Well, they let you dress up. <laughs> Woo! 
But actually, what what is actually stupider is that this isn't even a free app. You would think that Sci-Fi would make it a free app. Oh yeah, advertising time. No, no, no. You, you got to pay for this app. Please tell me it's 99 cents. It is, but okay. you still got to pay for it. Please, please pay so that we can advertise one of our worst shows to you. <laughs> now, I have a very dramatic announcement, so anyone with a weak heart should leave now. Goodbye. I have a very dramatic announcement. Actually, no one knew this announcement beforehand, so all of you listening, this, this is real. I, I have a confession to make. I like the Vampire Diaries. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> okay. okay we Dramatic cancer. Really badly. I actually knew. And you didn't do anything about it. No, I didn't, because you yelled at me the one time I tried. I like the Vampire Diaries. Oh my god. <laughs> they're really amusing. No, People die all the time. They're not amusing. They're not even funny. They're not even. Music. Watch like a True Blood episode, would you please? I do. I like True Blood. Then how can you possibly? I like Vampire like Diaries for a different reason. A because I don't really have to pay that much attention. <laughs> well, yes, there <laughs> is that. B because it's just kind of noise in the background while I'm knitting. Well, you know, speaking, speaking of, of television, television shows that you, you might, might not, not want, want to admit that, that you like. like. <clears throat> oh God! Um, is this intervention night? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's scary night. You know what? I decided. That I needed to scare myself today, so you know what I watched? Smallville? <laughs> um, close. The season three premiere of Sanctuary. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't think there's anything you should say other than you're going to gift her the 99 cent Ghost Hunter app. <laughs> I know! No, no there, there's an even uh, more interesting thing, though. Um, the creators of Smallville. Oh God! No! Are moving on to a new uh, piece of television history: the reboot of Charlie's Angels. Interesting. Oh, why? Why? Well, if there's anyone to handle it, I think it's the Smallville guys. Are you serious? <laughs> Wow. I think the important thing to remember here is, once again, garbage in, garbage out. Direction unclear. Please repeat request. Garbage in, garbage out. Affirmative. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I will say that I did enjoy the Charlie's Angels movies that came out most recently. The but first one or the second one? I enjoyed them both. Whichever one that had the boobies. Yeah. <laughs> if it involved Lucy, Lucy Liu, Liu. Right. <laughs> I was good. Um, but fan favorite Lucy Liu. All right. I actually I have a huge crush on Drew Barrymore too. But I think that the strength of those movies was that they took them. They did not take themselves seriously. And then there was the other one. Smallville's problem is girl? that it takes itself seriously. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> Lucy Liu, all right. Woo. Wow. So we'll okay, to... that's that's kind of, you know, if they had to go somewhere, it makes sense. In I the guess. words of of millionaire matchmaker Patty, she's a hottie patati. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're way You know, 
the the um what can you yeah. even say to hottie patati <laughs> nothing <laughs> except for maybe that um we've seen new production stills from uh andrew nichols uh sci-fi film which stars amanda seafried and justin timberlake what Seriously, it's a it's a film that was used to be called I'm Mortal, and now it might possibly be titled Now. Both of which are the most horrible movie titles I've ever heard. That's worse than I Am Legend. Yeah, um, the idea is that there's a rebel from the ghetto, Gus, Justin Timberlake, who's a kid. <laughs> Sorry, spit take. <laughs> Wow, talk about ruining a display. Nicely done. I've never seen pumpkin beer on an Apple Mac before. Nicely done. Java, I'm proud of you. That was, can you please say that again with a straight face? <laughs> I don't think uh, it's possible. Justin Timberlake plays Will, a rebel from the ghetto, accused of murdering a wealthy man for the time he owns, and the idea is that in this society, the currency is time. <laughs> okay. Let Java finish his sentence. <laughs> Don't kick me. The, 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 the only, only thing, thing that stood out to me in this um, in this whole thing is the idea that time is a, is the currency that's being exchanged in uh, this this world that they're creating, which I think is a pretty interesting thing. That's kind of what we do now, though. Well, well, yeah, yeah but, but time, time is, is, you know, transferred, transferred into, current, into a value currency. This is actually transferring time. So it, that seems it, highly implausible. So, like, if you run out of time, they kill you? I'm not, not sure. sure. Yeah, plot hole. You could drive a Mack truck through. Hey, listen, tomorrow night, online, Terry Gilliam has a new film called The Legend of Halladega, which is the haunted Talladega Speedway. Nice! And we're going to post the link up on the show tonight for you guys to check that out. It looks to be incredo awesome. First of all, anything by Terry Gilliam is worth at least one watch. Anything from Time Bandits to uh, um, Brazil, anything. Uh, was five monkeys? Twelve monkeys, sorry. Twelve monkeys. A number of monkeys. Any, any number of monkeys. <laughs> An indeterminate <laughs> amount of monkeys. Are they in or not in a barrel? They were not in a barrel, but they were with Bruce Willis. <laughs> He's shaped like a barrel. Uh, <laughs> What's going on there? Love him? Just screaming. <laughs> okay. Well, we've also got some uh, some cool news about the next uh, Batman film. And Robin? <laughs> uh, it's uh, Christopher Nolan has said a couple of things. First of all, the title of the film will be The Dark Knight Rises. Wow. Which I think is pretty. It's a pretty good title. You know? The Dark Knight Falls would be better. <laughs> but the interesting thing is that. That the, the villains, um, he's already eliminated Mr. Freeze as a villain, and the Riddler Thank is also... Thank God. Lame. But yeah, that, opens so... up the, that opens things up for a penguin, which I would be totally awesome with. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so there are so many Batman uh, villains, but um, getting rid of the Riddler was one that was one of the highly speculated villains for this this uh, this movie. So, um, I have my money on the Scarecrow. No, please no. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, and it's also not going to be in 3D. Hallelujah. Yeah. The less movies that come out in 3D, the better off I'm going to feel. I mean, because at this point, it's not even a well-used gag. It's just gagging. I get motion sick in 3D movies. I'll tell you what what movie will be 3D, though. I'm just so lonely! (laughs) There's at least one movie coming out that will be 3D. You can guarantee it. Drumroll! Avatar 2! The Flash. Oh, no. Shut the front door. Okay. The the guy, uh, Greg Berlanti, is the one who's one of the writers on the movie. And um, he's working with Michael Green and Mark Guggenheim. And uh, Mark Guggenheim recently did a video interview with uh, Newsarama that said that this is going to be a movie that is like three movies in one. And he started referencing seven and Silence of the Lambs. What? What? <laughs> and The Matrix. What? Okay, and The Matrix I can see, but what? Yeah, and I, I don't I don't really know what he means. It's gonna be the flash gets sawed in half and sewn back together backwards? I, Human I centipede? Oh. <laughs> Oh, the, the problem, problem is that Berlanti, the director, he, he might end up be, he might end up being the director of this film. He's also helping with the writing. But the only things that he's directed have been life, and we know it, which aren't really you know the most interesting movies. Really, so, aren't they? No, no, not at all. Not on a good day. And you know, dealing with the Flash, which is a difficult you know, piece of comic book nostalgia anyway is, I don't know, we'll have to see. Interesting news though. We also had a, uh, a release date for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which is uh, June 22nd, 2012. Hmm. I... Are we still going to be alive then? Oh, yeah, Mayan calendar. We're fine. Okay. Uh, Roland Emmerich has a new project. Whoever that is. Uh, let me see. That Indep- guy. Independence Day. Sucked. Sucked. Okay. <laughs> Independence Day sucked. It did. How do I How do I put up with this, Java? Help me. Uh, uh, ignore. It had Will Smith. Will Smith. Okay, Roland Emmerich is working on a new film with the found footage concept, like Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity. Oh God, but this is this, tired. No, it's it's a good concept and it works, and it's a low budget concept. Uh, if you look at something like Paranormal Activity that was done for under forty thousand dollars, and Blair Witch, which was done for under a hundred thousand, he wants to do one with aliens. Why? Because you can. Why? The project is called The Zone. It has a $5 million budget, a cast of unknown actors, 
and will supposedly take place during an alien invasion. They told me you guys look like dorks. <laughs> so they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, it looks, looks like, like an interesting, interesting thing. thing. I, I'm, I'm reserving, reserving my, my opinion, opinion on that. that. Well, the one thing Emmert's got for him is he, he does know how to do a good movie. Mm-hmm. Or does he? Independence Day, really? Yeah, really. Independence Why? Day was an amazingly good. That was great. It was, it was an amazing. It wasn't. I wouldn't go so far as to say amazing, but it was great. It was, it was fun. It was a good, fun movie. And consider, and considering the technological limitations. Now you're going to tell me time. that that Stephen King movie where they were shitting out aliens was also an amazing film. Okay, that one we watched while we were drunk, and while we were drunk, it was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's like watching uh, Queen of the Damned on Vicodin. It's always good when you're watching it that way. Hey, she's dead. Leave her alone. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. And stuff. Uh, well, you know, there really wasn't all that much news this week. It was, it was a, kind it of was a slow week. freaking week, wasn't it? You know, there's a, there's a lot of Halloween stuff going on. Uh, we did We did get to see... Um, the, the cast, cast of Glee treat Rocky Horror. And it was awesome. It was not awesome. It was it so was, awesome. It was pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, but I'm moving to Indiana because obviously people there are smarter than people here. <laughs> Did we Did we lose Java? Java? Is that why? The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beep. Hello! I'm back. Okay! Yay! So, so the broadcast drops yeah. when, when so the call drops. we back on Ustream. We are back on Ustream. We're back! We're back! <laughs> but all of you guys who listen to the show on podcast, you, you're going to have a special treat. We're not going to tell you what that is right now. Yeah, so you have to actually go listen to it on the. On but the um, it was really good. Oh, please, that's preposterous science fiction mumbo jumbo. As we all take a drink. <laughs> yeah, I have no more beer. We were talking about Glee. Glee yeah. and how awesome it was. It was so awesome it kicked Java off the off the thing. You guys, gosh, I'll be right back. Java, take me with you. I can't listen to gushing. He was so cool, okay? They didn't try to do Rocky Horror as Rocky Horror. They did Rocky Horror as Glee. Glee, yeah, made sense. It made perfect sense to do the way they did it. It made perfect sense to sanitize certain segments of it the way they had to. Although sensational... Although, Transylvania. At, the, at the same time... Sweet transvestite from sensational... So you really you can't, you can say transvestite, but, you can't say but not transsexual. No, but what I loved was, they're busy sanitizing this the same week that the GQ photo set comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel like, and Quinn going, woohoo, with their undies. <laughs> here are my underwear. Observe them. And here are my hands on both of their bottoms. <laughs> here are our boobs. Lift and separate. 
It was it's it was kind of a ridiculous double standard, but it made sense. And well, why think, wasn't Britney or Santana included in that photo shoot? Why? Well, because you they know. have their own little photo shoot every week. <laughs> Together. <laughs> I'm Good like enough. a lizard. I need something warm under me <laughs> to digest my food. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? No. Yeah. No. You know, yeah, by the way, I, I, I like... I, I was really happy that a great cult film that is an amazing part of, you know, culture and especially counterculture in America was able to get that kind of treatment on, on, on public broadcast. I think that's awesome. And I'm really happy that it, it, it'll probably introduce the, the show to a whole bunch of, you know, teenagers in the suburbs. Impressionable young minds. Yes. Who may have never, you know, understood it or, you know, figured out what, why it was such a big deal. And now they are corrupted. Yeah, yeah. My and problem I think that's is, awesome. I think I, that's great. But my I am problem pro corrupting the youth. They took a lot of the stuff that makes Rocky Horror great and that makes it a counterculture icon and sanitized it out. Like and what? Yeah. Because they had to. Like what? Okay. Because they had to, but I mean. So so like would what? would you would you prefer then that they took all that great music and tossed it aside, or? Did a better than adequate job with it and had some great fun with it. I will, I will give you better than adequate, but I cannot get behind Quinn as Magenta. Oh, please! Because I think even if you're doing a Glee version, you stay at least a little bit. No, you don't have to. True to the character. Well, no, you, you can, don't have but, to. You know, I, I don't see that it. You don't honestly, have to. For for the little part that Quinn played in the show. And it was fairly min- a fairly minimal part. Yeah, all yeah. the big people were fairly faithful. Yeah, yes. Uncle Jesse. <laughs> yeah, we can't. Call What's him. his name? I don't even know. John he's Uncle, Stamos. He's Uncle Jesse. You rocked that out, Uncle Jesse. Yeah, we no. hurt you. You're like cool now. You weren't cool before. No, you just no, thought no, you no, were. No, no. He was totally cool because even when he was on Full House, he was still playing with the Beach Boys. Okay, well, that's true. I mean, the point is that it, aside from all the glee, you know, stuff that is really not pertinent, um, you know, like the fact that I hated that Mr. Schuster is such a pathetic, whiny. Well, yeah, but he is. It is and what it is. His character, like, flips between opinions weekly. Yeah. The premise was flimsy, but the premises are generally flimsy. Yeah, aside from that, I mean, the whole idea that, okay. She, if she's wearing women's clothes and she's a woman, she is not a transvestite. But she's a woman playing a man playing a woman. It's like Victor Victoria. Come on, you've seen the movie. You understand the concept. Exactly. We did a wonderful Victor Victoria homage a couple weeks ago. Yes, Kurt. I love you. And I just Mercedes' version did make me think, hmm, I would love to see Glee with... Sweet transvestite performed in this manner, but I would still prefer if it was a guy doing it. Yeah, and, like you not know, having I, I, Frank be a drag queen take something away. Don't just make that. I, I, I just, I, I guess, guess you know, it's it's, it's exactly, exactly like this, this con- the same conversation that we have about Star Wars, the new movies versus the old movies. Like, like I, I, you know, I love Rocky Horror to the point where it bugs me a little bit when they do stuff like that. 
it's, it's not, not going to bug the people who have never seen it before because their first, you know, their first introduction to the, to the material is through Glee, and then they might go see the movie. Their opinion on the on the Rocky Horror Picture Show is not going to be, you know, is going to be influenced by their opinion of Glee, not the other way around. Right. I'm I'm one way. The new newbies, the virgins, are a different way. Yeah, but you can always pick them out because they have the big V's on their forehead, so it's not really an issue. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if uh, if somebody's also got their TV on right now while they're listening to us, they're watching Felicia Day on Sci-Fi as uh, Red Riding Hood Werewolf Hunter. God, I wish I had my TV on right now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to cut the show early. No, tonight. we're not going to cut the show early tonight. You know why? Because it's time for our guest. But before we cut to our guest... Before we do, it's time for the Wheel of Fish! Actually, it's a random one. the Wheel of Fish. So, we have a winner. The winner is Witchy Poo. She wins the Last Man Anthology on November 4th when it comes out. So the Dome will email you, get your dress, and what do they have to win tonight? Tonight, we are going to win a random print from Sarah Richard. Could be anything. What do we have to choose from? It will probably be Iron Man. Iron Man? Yeah. Oh, that's not my favorite one. I know, that's why we're giving it (laughs) away. Oh, oh, right. Um, (laughs) No, that is my favorite one. That's your probably favorite one. What's the matter with you? So comment on the post with this podcast when you hear it as a podcast, not live. Um, because it's not up yet, and there'd be really no way to comment on it <laughs> yep. on the website. Uh, you have until next week's show to comment, and then you could win that prize, which is Iron Man by Sarah Richard. Or, well, it, or, or some other random print by her, because Kriana likes it so bad, she may want to keep it. Oh, baby. <laughs> now let's call our guest, shall we? Our guest tonight is an author... He's and an author. He's not just an author. He is the author, C.J. Henderson. Hello. Hi, C.J. How are you doing? Hi, C.J. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. I'm the Dome. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. With us tonight, we have Kriana. I'm a little wasted. She's only had a couple of beers. We have the Sombrarian. And I'm doing well, not good. Because, <laughs> wow, that was a really scary smile you just gave him. Well, I didn't know it was that kind of show. I would have been more prepared. Uh, that's okay. None of us are. And in in Indian, wow, where, where? Indiana, <laughs> one of those places. We've got awake by Java. Maybe, perhaps. <laughs> He may be around. He'll come back. Java? Whatever. Java? No, maybe we don't. Bueller? <laughs> Do we have a topic? <laughs> I'm Our here! Topic is you! Now, we, we had the good fortune to uh, meet CJ at Wizard World in Boston two weekends ago. Woot woot! And Kriana got to spend some time. And Zombrarian was also with me. And Zombrarian got to spend some time with the gentleman. And it turns out that CJ has been doing this for a while. Really? Just a while? One with... Wow! (laughs) I'm a little snarky. Wow! (laughs) Sunbury, just smack. No! No! 
You're closer. You're right, I am. She hit Abuse! He won the Best Newcomer Award from the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Motion Pictures. Best Short Fiction Award in 1997 from the Academy of Adventure Gaming, Arts, and Design. And the year's Best Horror Honorable Mention. What was that one about? Uh, I've actually uh, gotten the honorable mention from Alan Dadlow uh, a number of times. I can't remember which stories they were. Uh, believe it or not, I forget to pay attention to these things. <laughs> you know, I, w- I was just looking at the screen sort of sideways, and I thought it said Best Necromancer of the Year. That was cooler That's than newcomer. what it really said. It says newcomer. I know. Yeah, no, I was only runner-up for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, dude. That would have been a really cool one to win. <laughs> These things happen. Uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Just try again. So when you started writing, and according to your biography, it says you started writing uh, at a very, very young age. Yeah, my earliest memories are actually of telling stories to the other kids around the street late at night. In the eighth grade, someone said, no, you got to start writing stuff down. Okay. And I wrote an incredible amount of very forgettable fiction between then and the time I got out of college. And at that point, that was 1973, someone said, you know, you ought to start setting stuff out. And I said, that's a good idea. So I did, and I began to sell then. So I've been selling about 35 years, and I've been just staying home and only writing about 20. You, um, when asked about your favorite authors, you really have a melange of different authors that you call your favorites. Uh, <clears throat> Edgar Rice Burroughs and Philip K. Dick in the same sentence is just kind of amazingly cool. Well, along with, you know, Percy Bart Shelley and Stan Lee, uh, <laughs> I, I'm old, and yeah. I really do believe that most people, uh, when they're readers, they'll read a certain genre for a period of time, and they'll suck everything out of it that uh, they can get, and then they'll move on to the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. I don't think there's any particular order. It might start with Western, say, from their grandfather, and then their uh, uncle introduces them to science fiction, and their friends are all into fantasy. But I think just step by step, we move through uh, various authors uh, seeking, you know, the knowledge that we can get from them. Uh, In the beginning, we read junk because we just want to be entertained, but after a while, as your mind develops, you either stop reading or you begin to quest for knowledge, for secrets, and you begin to look for authors that are actually writing about something more that have some answers for you, whatever answers you're actually searching for. I think that's a great way to put it. It's oh, Java's back. Look at that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that, I think that's a great way to put it because as... As people mature, they're always going to be searching for something different. And it's the same way in literature as it is in, in life, in, in your daily existence. No matter what you're doing, you're looking for more complication, more um, or deeper understanding or a deeper experience. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, at least you hope they will. I mean, basically, uh, we have science fiction fans here. And I think science fiction fans tend to be looking for answers. Uh, they're... They're amongst the last people to just shut down into mundanity. Um, very sadly, we're surrounded by oceans of people that do not think. 
they've been trained by the school system, by their families, by society in general, to not think, to not bother. It's not worth your time. Just get up in the morning, go to work, do your job, come home, have something to eat, watch a little TV, go to bed, get up in the morning, blah, 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 over and over again. Uh, happy consumers, you know, die and be forgotten. Just do what you're told and get out of our way and uh, let us suck up every bit of life that there is. Basically the Philip K. Dick style of the future. Um, Dick was not wrong. <laughs> uh, he, he taught us all to be, you know, frightened of our government, paranoid about everything around us, and I don't see where he was missing a beat. Of course, he did have the nerve to call the police and report uh, that they're going to break into this home and they've stolen his drugs. <laughs> yeah, there was that. But, you know, God, God bless him. You know, he, he really did uh, have, a, have a clear, clear understanding of the, the dangers of today and where it leads. What do you recall as being the first author who really took you, who really brought you someplace? Wow, that's uh, that's uh, very hard. But the the earliest thing I can remember would probably be uh, H.P. Lovecraft. I was fourteen, and my mother brought home a copy of Lovecraft from the, the hospital where she worked because they didn't think it was suitable for the patients that had been donated. And I remember that just like turning my head inside out. Uh, so probably, probably that would be the earliest one I can pinpoint. I mean, I was, I was horrified. I was like, "Why, oh, God!" Lonely, lonely. <laughs> Where did that come from, yeah, Doctor Who? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Shakespeare. It was authory. Come on, okay, it was very authory. Thing. Hey, naughty, naughty. Don't drink and sound kids. <laughs> you should. Okay, for our younger listeners. Drinking is not... Yeah, drinking is fun. Shut up. That's enough. <laughs> I'm a bad influence on all of you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to put the explicit tag on tonight's show once again. What is there an echo in here? <laughs> so, as, as you... What I've been able to uh, read of your work was the, uh, the Kolchak Night Stalker... Uh, that I'm getting for Christmas? I That's, hate you! Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. do you think you said you couldn't have it till Christmas? The, <laughs> I hate the, you so much. The reason Kriana didn't read them is because I have them. <laughs> okay, which which Night Stalker in particular? Both of them. Uh, Lovecraftian Horror and Lovecraftian Damnation? Yes. Okay, I've written a number of Kolchaks. Wait, why there's I, more? Where could I possibly buy them? Why at www.cjhenderson.com. <laughs> Gee, and I think we might want to post that up because I got to tell you, it was a damn cool ride. It was really fun. Did you ever see the original Night Stalker TV series? I have the original TV series, yes. I watched it on Hulu. I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. I like Kolchak and, I mean, and that cute girl. CJ, it was a really nice, nice twist that you took with it. Uh, which one or both of them? Both of them. Thank you, thank you. I don't want to give anything away since there are people right there that haven't read them yet. No spoilers. Yeah, I know. I, I, I could play spoiler alert here, but I don't really want to do that. Spoilers! But the reality is that uh, 
you you mixed two genres quite nicely. You, you thank you, thank you. Um, no one in 35 years since Kolchak was created has ever combined Lovecraft with uh, Kolchak. And since they had me working on Kolchak because of all my other different supernatural detectives and because I'm the Lovecraft estate's chosen to continue his work, uh, they said, hey, why don't you do it? Okay. It seems like a natural thing now. Like, you know, Velcro or Post-it notes, like, why didn't I think of that? I'm, frankly, I couldn't believe that in all the novels, short stories, comic books, etc., that there's been no one had ever done anything Lovecraftian with Kolchak before that. I was as surprised as everyone else, but I was certainly glad to jump on the assignment. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? That's possible. <laughs> it's your show, so I'm waiting for you to talk. <laughs> now we talk. Yeah, it's your turn. No, I just said something. No, you didn't. I said, are you pondering what I'm doing? No, you pressed the soundboard. That doesn't count. I know. <laughs> so talk about what Lovecraft... You know, because as I'm looking through all the stuff that you've written, you keep strolling back into Lovecraft. It seems to be drawing you. Well, I don't think we can avoid it. Uh, Lovecraft changed the face of modern horror and science fiction. Uh, before him, there was nothing but haunted houses, vampires, werewolves, witches, things like that. He was the first person to write about doorways behind which were locked incredible beings that we should never release. He was the first person to write about people being attacked in their dreams. Uh, he was the first person to say crucifixes and holy water weren't going to work, that there was no God, that uh, we were abandoned tiny moats on the edge of the universe, on a, a little nothing of a planet. Uh, I mean, everything uh, in horror and science fiction uh, practically owes a debt to him. I mean, even Ghostbusters is a Lovecraftian film. Uh, his fingerprints are everywhere, so you can't really help yourself. A lot of people don't know they're writing Lovecraftian material. Uh, I don't particularly go out of my way to do Lovecraft, except, of course, when people throw money at me at it specifically to do that, because, well, that's my job. Um, but I just don't think you can you can help it. Uh, unless you're going to write the most banal, mundane, you know, boring kind of stuff, you know, like, say, Twilight, uh, you, you can't help but uh, have Lovecraft in your work somewhere. You know, first of all, two things. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Thank you. <laughs> okay? Second of all, um, Lovecraft, well, was just done by, what, South Park. That doesn't really count. Well, no, I'm just saying it's so, it permeates so completely that it's now been done by South Park. Yeah, yeah. It must have been done by The Simpsons at some point. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I can't remember, but I know that Lovecraft showed up in uh, some of the Treehouse of Horror. Exactly, episode. yeah, it had to have. It had to have before now, but like, what South is... Park did it. They're like the least cultured people in the world. <laughs> One of... Uh the more interesting books that you wrote, which I think is a uh, collection of yours, uh, we have a, a picture of on our uh, Wizard World 
image page uh, of Baby's First Mythos. <laughs> Can you yes, talk about that book? I was ever dragged kicking and screaming into Really? Because it, oh, it, it looks Baby's so First cool. Mythos predates the Lovecraft uh, silly craze. Um, I really thought that doing something like that would destroy my uh, credentials as a serious mythos author. Um, but the way it came about, I'm at a convention, um, people are pushing baby carriages by. There's, uh, it's a horror convention, there's a lot of cosplay going on, there's werewolves running around, witches, skeletons hanging the ceiling, they're pushing the baby carriages around. So I would pick up the book with the ugliest cover and just go, baby's first mythos, whenever I got bored, uh, to play with the crowd, because, well, you know, sometimes we do that. So another show... Uh, a publisher and two of the authors have already given up because it was a terrible, terrible show. And they're sitting behind my table waiting for me to give up. They didn't realize I'd never give up. Baby carriage goes by, baby's first mythos, and they all start to laugh. So I said, you know, I'm going to write that book someday. And the publisher goes, yes, for me. And I try to talk him out of it because, uh, like I said, I have my worries. And uh, he's not here. And so finally I said, well, listen, if uh, Erica will do the art, I'll, I'll write it. Now, Erica's my daughter. Uh, no, she was only 16 at the time. The year before, she had painted the cover for the same publisher, so it's not like I was trying to put him off by uh, using my daughter. Thing was, I knew she was too busy. So I got home, and I told her about it, because I'm an honest guy, and she goes, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Like, uh. <laughs> so I placed it on the own patad. In anger, I go upstairs, and I write... The alphabet, is, for those just listening, that's what this is. It's an alphabet book, sort of like Edward Gorey's Grimmery uh, for Lovecraft. I read it all in one night because I'm just annoyed. So long story short, the book comes out. It's an international Internet sensation. My daughter is praised for her artwork around the world, and most of the reviews when they talk about it all, they get to the poetry, they go, oh, the poetry is, nah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, well, my answer is, it's not poetry meant to be read by human tongues, so that's my weaselly way out of it. Hey, at least it's not Vogue love that crazy book. I was going to say that. At least it's not Vogue. <laughs> Fist bump across states. <laughs> CJ, this, this is fun. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And, oh, uh, wow, are we out of time already? We are totally out of time already. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Yeah, it went quickly, and I want to thank you. We're going to post a link to your website and a link to your store where you can get a copy of Baby's First Mythos. I would suggest that you do. Uh, when I Listen to the man. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> when I saw it at Wizard World, I just kind of went, this is very demented. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> uh, CJ, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, heavens, it was an absolute pleasure. I, I, it just went by so fast, I can hardly believe it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Again, and thank you, and any time. All righty, sir. And on that note. Is it time? Oh. Ah, there it is. Our coming up calendar in the next couple of weeks on November 6th, 
our sneak peek at the guest list for Boston Comic Con 2011. By somebody. We don't know who's going to be there or not, but somebody will be there and somebody will be talking. But Bob, we want it to be you. We would love for it to be you, Bob. On November 13th, Dave Sanders and John Tallarico of RunawayCreations.com plugged their latest game, Attraction, and Java says, it rocks. Yeah. And we're going to be giving away a copy. (gasps) I gave that away. You gave that away. Totally. On the 20th, Thomas Gofton of Sin Studios gives us an exclusive look at the web series, Mind's Eye. Was he one of the dressed-up guys? <laughs> he was, was one of the dressed-up guys. Which one? He was the one with the with the gun who had made the click. So the one with the picture with you. Right. Okay. Who was the guy with us? I have no idea. Guy, if you're listening, sorry we didn't catch your name. But we want to know who you are. Yeah, because your web series looks... Awesome! Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con and of the Comic Art House. The one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music was provided by Zenoise. Or was it? their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Oh, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Joining me here in Area 51, Priyana and the Sombrarian. X and the Dead Redhead, we're warming up the car. Yeah, we're going to party. And Java, party. take pictures for us, my friend. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased, thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.